Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Uh, we'll be reading out of Psalms 103 today, so if you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 103. If you don't have a Bible, there's a blue Bible on the floor near you. You can grab that and turn to page 502, Psalm 103. Thanksgiving is four days away. Definitely have a lot to be thankful for. Family, food to come, right? Friends. Um, our salvation, if you're a Christian, right? Our salvation. And, and here's the thing, too. There's, there's benefits to our salvation. Benefits to our salvation that we can be thankful for as well. And Psalm 103 is going to show us some of those benefits. So read along with me, starting in verse 1, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us as a father shows compassion to his children. So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, Oh, my soul. We are told repeatedly to bless the Lord. To bless is to praise him, to adore him. We do so in humility. And, and as we recognize who it is, we are to give um, honor and thanks to. We are told to be thankful creatures toward our creator. We don't thank him in groundless speculation. We don't thank him uh, without rational cause. We don't thank him void of reasonable faith. We offer our Lord thanks with fervency because there is just cause to do so. In the salvation he has given us, we have some pretty amazing benefits. To name a few out of Psalms 103, you and I have a God who forgives. You and I have a God who redeems. You and I have a God who is gracious and merciful. By him we are satisfied with good things. He is righteous and just. We have a God that does not deal with us according to our sins. He is compassionate and central to his heart toward us. Our Lord is steadfast in his love. 
toward us. If it was only salvation he offered us, should that not be enough for you and I to give him thanks? Indeed it is. He has redeemed us from the pit, a pit that we cannot climb out of, a pit that does not provide life, but rather misery and death. Yet our God, beyond the gift of salvation, through his son, Jesus Christ, is rich in his offerings toward us. The benefits of our salvation are numerous and wonderful, aren't they? Giving us even more reasons to be thankful to those that are his own. We are beneficiaries of a loving God who provided us with mercy, redemption, forgiveness, grace, compassion, and steadfast love. In Christ, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. In Christ, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Our Lord gives us mercy, grace, and forgiveness. But it wasn't without a cost. He punished Christ in our place. This is God's plan of redemption. In light of these benefits of salvation, why do we often, so how much, why do we often have so much trouble being thankful. In light of these benefits of salvation, why do we often relegate thankfulness to the food we're about to eat? Should we not be more inclined toward thankfulness? Church, consider these truths while we turn to our Lord in prayer. Let's go ahead and pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we bless you today. All that is within us, we bless your holy name. We pray for forgiveness for not recalling all the amazing benefits of our salvation. We ask for forgiveness for lacking a thankful and grateful heart towards you at times. Today you've reminded us that you forgive, that you redeem, that you're merciful, that you're gracious. You satisfy our desires with good things. You're righteous and just. We're thankful that you do not deal with us according to our sins. We're thankful for your compassion and we're thankful for your steadfast love that is everlasting. Heavenly Father, may we reflect on these truths. May we bless you, and may we have thankful hearts. And at the center of all this, you provided a plan of salvation for a wayward and rebellious people. We fought against you, and you graciously reached out a loving hand. And rather than repaying us according to our sins, you chose to show us mercy. Rather than dealing with us with a, according to our sins, you, you have placed our sins on Christ. And in the life and sacrificial death and resurrection of your Son, we have been granted life. We've been granted eternal life in heaven with you. We thank you for our salvation. And Lord, let us now be grateful. Let us be thankful, knowing that whatever this life throws at us, we have a loving, eternal Father in heaven, who in, in and through Christ has prepared a place for us. May we be thankful people. May we be a people who know you and the benefits of such a relationship with you. And may we demonstrate in a life of holiness the gratitude we have towards you. Today, Lord, we thank you so very much. In Christ's name, amen. Right now, I'd like to invite Jonathan Robbins up to come up and share with us. Thanks, Tim. Good morning, everybody. For those of them who don't know me, uh, my name's Jonathan Robbins, and my wife, Ivana, was going to be up here next to me to help me share today, but she's home with our kids who are just getting over being pretty sick. So what I'm going to do is, to keep it simple, I'm just going to read to you what we worked on and prepared together. So when Pastor Morgan asked us to speak during this Thanksgiving service, specifically on the subject of thankfulness, 
it was not difficult for Yvonne and I to decide what topic to speak on. We are very thankful for the children that God has blessed us with. While this may not seem profound, creative, or even deep to go here, raising our children continues to be one of God's deepest, immeasurable blessings that we have ever experienced. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So sure, it sounds cliche to be thankful for our kids, right? I mean, everyone's supposed to be thankful for their family, but what does scripture tell us? Psalm 127.3 tells us, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. For those of you that don't know, we experienced those rewards in kind of rapid succession as we had uh, four children ages six, seven, six, five, and five. So yes, that is very possible for those of you who are wondering, and there are twins in there for those of you who are wondering about that. But what is it about our children exactly that we are thankful for? I'm sure most parents are thankful when their children are healthy, get good grades, or are obedient. Parents are also grateful for those unscripted moments of joy, the memories, the cuddles, all of that stuff. Likewise, we are grateful for all of the above. But as Christians, we are also thankful for the task that God has entrusted us with, the opportunity to take what he describes as a reward and to harness that reward for his glory. What do I mean by this? Well, to start, we get a firsthand opportunity to see how grace plays out with the daily and hourly grace that we provide our children. This is reflective of the ongoing grace that we as children receive from our Heavenly Father. As followers of Christ who have an obligation to shepherd the hearts of our children, we get a daily chance to learn more about the fallen and imperfect parents that we are. I know that Ivana in particular has multiple opportunities every single day to realize just how fallen she is. Well, I'm more at the once a month type of clip, okay? <laughs> I, I, I snuck that in because Yvonne is not here. I'm just kidding. I, I pre-approved that with her. I know better. But in those moments, I am thankful, and I encourage us to be thankful for the perfect Heavenly Father that we have. So Yvonne and I have been talking about how diametrically opposite our attitude towards the reward of children is from many that we interact with in our society. Many people believe that having several children is a burden. Often, particularly when our kids were small, People wondered why we had so many children, why they were so close in age, and they weren't afraid to let us know. We've been asked many times, are they all yours? I mean, we only have four kids. I never understood that, but we do know, nevertheless, that parenting presents many trials, challenges, and even opportunities to meditate on what I like to call the finer fruits of the Spirit. You parents know what I'm talking about. Patience, gentleness, self-control, right? But that God trusted us to do so with our children evokes nothing but gratitude in us. And we're thankful for the tools that he has given us in this ongoing stewardship responsibility. His word, the power of the Holy Spirit, a community of believers, a strong marriage, and children who have a desire to know the word of God. Speaking of which, we see the opportunity to educate our children in the Lord as a way to grow in both our knowledge and our understanding of his word. Having to rethink certain concepts to explain them at an age-appropriate level is not only perplexing, but it is also edifying. I know those of you with small children understand the challenge of answering the hard-hitting controversial questions like, Daddy, how can Bathsheba have a baby with David if she was married to Uriah? <laughs> or the spur of the moment, curiosity that demands an answer, since God's plans are good, what was good about his plan to make Satan? 
this is one of Ivana's favorites. Uh, did Adam and Eve cause school to happen because of their sin? <laughs> did God keep the fish alive when he flooded the earth? Uh, if the Egyptians had blood over their doorposts but didn't believe in God, would the babies be saved or killed? What's the answer, Dad? Uh, um, these are actual questions from our children, and those are just the easy ones. So as Yvonne and I took some time to meditate on how thankful we are to be parents, we realized we're appreciative that we can have an abiding impact on our kids' lives. Many would look at the ages of our children and tell us, hey, you're almost halfway there to freedom, right? We certainly recognize how quickly it goes by. I don't agree with that, by the way. And, and encourage everyone to appreciate every moment of the journey. But as we reflected, we are also thankful that our impact does not have to end when our kids turn 18 or when they go off to college. It should be for the duration of their lives and even it should have an eternal impact. I encourage everyone who is on this journey, whether there is a child in the womb or you have adult children or you're somewhere in the middle like us, to just take a moment and truly consider how awesome it is that God entrusts you with this reward and make the most of the opportunity, not just for you, not just for your kids, but ultimately for the glory of God. Thank you. All right, thank you, Jonathan. We're now going to have a devotion, and if you could turn to Philippians chapter 4. Follow along with me. If you're using one of the blue Bibles that are underneath the seat, you can turn to page 982. So Philippians chapter 4, and we'll read verses 4 through 7 together. All right. All right, Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As a Christian, we need to respond to anxiety and prayer with, and thanks, with thanksgiving. Paul is telling the Philippians that they are to pray in every situation, bring their requests to God, and offer prayers of thanksgiving for what God has already done. The original Thanksgiving celebration was held by the Pilgrim settlers in Massachusetts during the second winter in America on December or in December of 1621. The first winter had killed 44 of the original 102 colonists. At one point, their daily food ration was down to five kernels of corn apiece. But then the unexpected traveling vessel arrived, swapping them beaver pellet, pelts for grain, providing for their severe need. The next summer's crop bought, brought hope, and the governor, William Bradford, decreed that December 13, 1621, be set aside as a day of feasting and prayer to show the gratitude of the colonists that they were still alive. These pilgrims, seeking religious freedom and opportunity in America, 
gave thanks to God for the provision for them in helping them find 20 acres of cleared land, for the fact that there were no hostile Indians in the area, and for their newfound religious freedom, and for God's provision of an interpreter to the Indians in Saquanto. Uh, Along with the feasting and games involved the colonists and more than 80 friendly Indians who added to the feast by bringing wild turkeys and venison. Prayers, sermons, and songs of praise were also important in the celebration. Three days were spent in feasting and prayer. From that time forward, Thanksgiving has been celebrated as a day to give thanks to God for his gracious and sufficient provisions. President Abraham Lincoln officially set aside the last Thursday in November in 1863 as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent father. In 1941, Congress ruled that after 1941, the fourth Thursday of November be observed as Thanksgiving Day and be a legal holiday. As we reflect on Thanksgiving and things we are thankful for to the Lord, I want us to also consider that in times of suffering and trials in our life, such as those of the settlers, how do we respond? How do you respond? Do you respond with anxiety or do you respond with thankfulness? What is your attitude? As a believer, we are called by Paul here to be thankful at all times. This is not meant for us to be thankful sometimes. Only when things are going our way will I be thankful for, to the Lord. When things are not going my way, I will not be thankful. No, I will be thankful in all times and at all times in our life, no matter what the circumstances. True Christ-like joy is not based and should not be based on circumstances, but it should be based on a relationship with Christ. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. 1 Timothy. In Philippians 4, the second half of verse 6, we are told by Paul that instead of being anxious, pray. As a believer, we can rejoice and experience the peace of God by casting all our cares on him, if we, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. As, a society, as our society becomes increasingly secular, the actual giving thanks to God during our annual Thanksgiving holiday is being overlooked, leaving only the feasting. May God grant that he may find us grateful every day for all, of our, for all of his gifts, spiritual and material. God is good, and every good gift comes from him, James 1.17. For those who know Christ, God also works everything together for good, even events we would not necessarily consider good. May he find us to be his grateful children. As we conclude, may we not reject worry. May we as we conclude, may we reject worry. Do not be anxious. Thank God for everything, every situation, by prayer, petition, present your request to God, and thank him for all that he has done and his glory. Thank you, Lord, for all 
in all our circumstances. Now, if you'll take a moment and pray to yourself, I'll give you about two minutes, and here's what I'd like you to focus on, two things as you pray. Confess any anxieties that are in your life, and also be thankful for God's goodness. Go ahead and pray for two minutes. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, God, we have so much to be thankful for. Father, first and foremost, for our relationship with you through Christ Jesus. Father, that Christ came to this earth, Father, to die the death that we deserved, to pay for our punishment, to raise from the dead, to conquer death, and to rise again, Lord. Father, we are grateful and thankful for that, for that sacrificial gift Father, in the example of your love through that, that those of us who trust in that, Lord, we can spend eternity with you. Lord, I do pray that as anxiety creeps into our, our minds, our lives, Lord, may we recognize that you can conquer all things, Lord, even times of anxiety. Father, and that we will put our trust and faith in you, recognizing that we can endure and persevere through all things. Lord, and we're just thankful for the body. We're thankful that we can come together this Sunday morning, that we can have a a service dedicated to thanksgiving. Lord, as we sing songs, as we hear from your word, and as we hear these testimonials of great things that you're doing in individuals' lives here at Summit. Father, you are mighty. You should be in awe as we look upon you for all the great things that you have done and will continue to do. We love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Christ's name, amen. All right, at this time, we will have the curtains come up and I welcome them. Good morning. Um, For those who don't know us, I'm Michael Curtin and this is my wife, Tiffany Curtin. Um, We also have three other kids. Um, Tyler and Addison and Caleb. Um, Prior to COVID, our youngest children were with their grandmother and our oldest was in public school while Tiffany was working. 
Just before the stay-at-home order was implemented, we had decided that we would enroll our youngest kids in preschool to help uh, set up their uh, future for school. Tiffany was working as a hairdresser four days a week, and then things shut down. It really made things on her career difficult. Our immediate reaction was frustration and confusion. God had a lot of store in store for us during this time. We were initially look, we initially looked at this as a time of trial and turned into a time of blessing and learning to trust in the Lord. God used this time of family togetherness to change our hearts and open our minds to something that we never imagined possible. I came from a, a background of homeschooling, but Tiffany did not. Homeschooling honestly wasn't something that really put much consideration into. We were content with the way things were. However, during this time in 2020, God placed on our hearts uh, a, to look at options. It, excuse me. It has been a slow transition, but we have ultimately realized that this was what the Lord wanted for our family. First and foremost, I'm thankful to God for blessing our gracious family, providing me with a career that made it possible for Tiffany to stay at home. I'm grateful that he has called and entrusted us an important role in educating them with the biblical foundation of Christ-centered home. And we are also thankful that during this time, the Lord has led us to our church home, SBC. The biblical teaching we are learning and friendships that we are building continue to encourage us and uh, shape our hearts and minds and keep Christ at the center of everything that we do. Um, so as Michael had touched on, um, the COVID shutdowns hit the salon industry pretty hard. I went through many stages of emotion as things continued to open and then close again um, over and over and over. And I found myself working incredibly long hours and work weeks to try to catch up every time things had reopened. Uh, I began to realize that I was missing out on so much of what I had gained when I was staying home, which was time with my family and my children. I never imagined myself as a stay-at-home mom. Um, trust me, if you'd asked me two years ago if I would ever be a stay-at-home mom, the answer would have been no. Um, I just didn't think that I was somebody who was cut out for something like that, and I always pictured myself being the working mom who could just balance everything and keep it together. And even when God put it on my heart to homeschool, um, I was a little stubborn, and I thought that I could just scale back a little bit by still continuing to do hair part-time. The problem with this was it was a decision that I had made for my life on my own. I wasn't leaning on the Lord and listening to what his desire was for my life. I'm grateful that God blessed me with the able body and a clientele base to work in the season of life when our family really needed it, but my heart has completely changed. The Lord taught me to trust in him and changed the desire of my heart to be with my kids and help mold and shape them into the people that we pray that they will become to teach them about Jesus so that they can one day accept the gift of salvation. I am so thankful that God made it abundantly clear to me that my family is who needs me during this season of life, making it an easy decision to ultimately step away from the chair during their school years. I am so blessed to have a husband who lovingly leads and encourages me and is confident in my ability to educate our children. I'm incredibly grateful that we found a private Christian homeschool program where children have the opportunity to worship God and socialize with children from like-minded families. Likewise, I am grateful to have found an amazing church family with fellow moms who are encouraging and gracious to help guide me in my journey of homeschooling. This past year and a half has been a time of reflection and realization that if we look to God in everything, we will see how much we truly have to be thankful for.
Hi, for uh, those of you who don't know, my name is Dejan Perkins. And uh, while there really are thousands, if not uh, millions of things to be thankful for, I have a, sort of a list here. I thank my God and Savior, Jesus Christ, for showing me why I need to be redeemed. I think about what I was like before I was saved and just the life of sin that rippled through me even at a young age. And um, it makes me to understand why, why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 1.13 that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us over to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I thank God, my Father, because he has qualified me, someone vastly not qualified without Christ, uh, to share in the inheritance promised to those who endure to the end. I thank him that he is faithful even when I'm disobedient. It is because of his faithfulness that uh, I have been brought through affliction in the form of divorce. Uh, in his love and faithfulness, he disciplined me according to his way because he treated me as a son. Hebrews 12:11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields, yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Uh, if I had not been uh, brought through the divorce and had the Lord not allowed my marriage to end, I definitely wouldn't be here at Summit. Uh, so he used that in my life to draw me to himself. Now I desire fellowship, and so I'm thankful for a family of believers here at SBC who teach and admonish one another and seek to keep the Lord's commandments to love one another. I'm thankful for the comfort found in scriptures that nobody is able to snatch us from his hand and that uh, we will never perish because of we trust in him. That's in John 10. I'm thankful for Christmas as we get closer to December. A lot of the, there's a, a weird pronunciation that has developed around, some, some people say Christmas, but it's Christmas. <laughs> It's all about Christ, but what a humbling truth uh, that he was not looking to serve himself, but our interests when he emptied himself and took the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and was obedient to the point of death, as we read in Philippians 2. It's all about Christ who came to save sinners, not to have a humble birth and a less than modest scenery, not to forge memories of a nativity scene so that people can decorate their yards with lights and plastic figures, not to make people think of reindeer and snow as we get closer to December, but to proclaim the gospel of God, that his beloved son took on flesh and met the demands of God's law that nobody else could keep, so that if we believe in his perfect life, his prophesied death, and his powerful resurrection, we are granted eternal life. I thank Christ that our hope is beyond anything that can be had in this world. I thank the Lord for blessing me with the opportunity to father a son, Kylo, and that through the scripture, he shows me what the tender love of a father should be like, uh, even though I was raised without one. I'm thankful that the Lord drew my sister here as well. Uh, it really is a big encouragement for me to see her here. Give you a little shout out. <laughs> I give thanks to God for the Maitland family because they have been a reflection of Christ by being selfless and not looking out 
uh, for their own interests, but looking out for mine. I'm thankful for the roses and their hospitality uh, and having me over their house early in the morning. Uh, and I'm thankful for you all, the whole SBC family, who through your service and obedience uh, participate in making it possible to reach people with the gospel and to strive to ma uh, spiritual maturity in Christ. Good morning, Summit Bible Church. I just wanted to just uh, say thank you for those that have already spoken. It's been a blessing to hear from each and every one of you. We will be getting into God's Word. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. So please open up your copy of God's Word to First Thessalonians 2. If you have a blue church Bible in front of you, that can be found on page 986. But before we get into the actual passage, and for the sake of context, I think context is important, Paul is reminding the Thessalonians that in his ministry that he's been mistreated, um, he is enduring suffering, um, but ultimately, even through all of that, he's undeterred in sharing the gospel message. He was willing to suffer, suffer. he was, and, and, and really, what he was trying to share with them was is that he wasn't motivated by money or self-glory. He was doing it because he wanted people, the lost people, uh, to know the love of Christ. So let's read 1 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 13. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So many wonderful points that Paul is making here. <clears throat> he says, not to be a burden to one another, to proclaim the gospel, to treat one another in a holy and righteous way, to love one another like a father would to his children, to exhort, to encourage, and to live the Christian life in a manner that pleases God. But look at what he says in verse 13. I want to emphasize this. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. This was really impactful for me because I couldn't help but think of each one of you brothers and sisters and how thankful 
I am for each one of you. We're a small church, but we're a loving church. I don't, I don't think anybody would question that. I know for a fact that each and every day, Morgan and Thomas bring you the word of God without, without fail. You get that every single Sunday. A couple of things that I was really um, just really blessed by just thinking about how thankful I am for each one of you is uh, the increase in membership this year has been amazing. Um, it's just, it was such an encouragement to, to me, I know to the elders, and I know to the rest of you all, just to see um, this church family just want to be a part of this church, to be members to love and encourage one another another and take the time to go through the classes to really what it, understand what it means to be a member of a church seeing several of you baptized what a blessing that has been um, to see to see new people join our church and stay has been a real big encouragement to me and not only do you stay you have a heart to be discipled and to learn the word of God, which has been truly amazing. To see this church body step up during a very difficult time. A lot of sicknesses happen over this past year. But just hearing the different ministries that have stepped up and to um, hear about the meals that were delivered to different families through the church or the phone calls or the text messages, just a general encouragement that uh, I got to see during very difficult times has been a blessing. Whether it's children's ministry, the prayer ministry, helping hands ministry, or just a general love and kindness that each one of you just show each other each and every day. Um, what a blessing. Even uh, all the, the, the grace and mercy and, and love that you show my Taylor. <laughs> she, she, she runs around and gives everybody hugs and I know that you guys are, are uh, blessed by that as well. Um, but I just wanted to just say that uh, we are truly thankful for each and every one of you. Love you guys. And uh, I do want to spend some time in prayer. What I'd like you to do is just to turn, just, we're going to do them in little small groups, so just turn to somebody close to you. And um, I don't know, two or three. And uh, just pray for thankfulness. Okay, you can pray for some of the things that I already gave thanks for, or you can give thanks to God, whatever is on your heart. But let's just uh, turn to one another, pray for about five minutes, and then I'll close our time in prayer. <laughs> 